Our first reading from Mark chapter 1, verses 40 to 42. A man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus was indignant. He reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said. Be clean. Immediately, the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. The second reading from Mark chapter 6, 30 to 34. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognised them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. And the third reading from Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 to 14. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. So we just commit the time to the Lord. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for Jesus, the word, and we pray for the Holy Spirit to be present with us, enabling us to understand more of the character of Jesus and may the Holy Spirit form that character in our own lives. <coughs> We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. If I asked you about your friend, you'd probably tell me something of his or her character. What's he or she like? Well, this, today I'd like to think with you and next Sunday a little bit about what Jesus is like. And of course, this is a big subject. And so I'm only going to focus on just two aspects of his character, his compassion and his humility. The compassion of Jesus today, we'll think a bit about that, and the humility of Jesus next Sunday. Now there's an expression, loving someone with all your heart. That expression brings together two things, the physical and the emotional or the physical and the spiritual side of our nature. Another expression that does that is 
having the guts to do something. Another expression is bosom pal. Now, in the older version of the Bible, there's an expression describing Jesus, the bowels of Jesus Christ. So Jesus is attributed with emotion in these terms. Paul, for example, in his letter to the Philippians could write, For God is my record, how greatly I long after you all in the bowels of Jesus Christ. Now, bowels are innards and intestines, and when Paul says he longs after them in the bowels of Jesus Christ, he means in the deep feelings of Jesus Christ, in the compassion of Jesus Christ, in the sympathy, the pity, the affection of Jesus Christ. And later versions of the Bible use such terms as compassion and affection. So we'll think a bit about the bowels, the compassion of Jesus Christ, as given to us in the Gospel accounts. When do we read that Jesus was moved with compassion, with pity, sympathy, tender feelings? Well, one time he was moved with compassion was when a certain leper came to him and knelt down and begged him, if you will, you can make me clean. Now, a leper in those days must have lived a very lonely life. The person was cut off from the normal social life and the religious life of that community. You wouldn't invite a leper home for dinner to the winter warmers. In short, the person was an untouchable because it was a dreaded skin disease and the person needed to be quarantined. However we read this. Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. So Jesus was motivated by his compassion to touch what normally no one would dare to touch, a person with leprosy. And his action has no doubt inspired other people. And I came across uh, three examples of this, how his compassion inspired others in being compassionate, in particular to lepers. In the fourth century, there was uh, founded the first large-scale Christian hospital. Apparently, it included a house for those who suffered from leprosy, and it was set up by a Christian man. His name was Basil of Caesarea. He was motivated by Christ's compassion. It had 300 beds. Apparently it included a hospice for the aged. But better known is Francis of Assisi, isn't it? The man who was inspired by Jesus' example. The story goes that he was out riding on his horse one day and he is confronted by a beggar with leprosy. Now, his first reaction was one of fear and self-preservation. He began to gallop away. But then it came to him that in galloping away from the human in need, in a sense, he was galloping away from God. 
he had a change of heart. He turned his horse around and when he got to the leper, he kissed his hand. His motivation was shown further in compassionate action. He set up a hospital. He established a hospital and then a company of brothers to care for the lepers. The third example I came across was the leprosy mission. Now, it was founded in the late 19th century, again by a Christian who was motivated by Christ's compassion. His name is not well known as Francis of Assisi. His name is Wellesley Bailey. He was a teacher in a missionary school in India. And one day he set out to visit a, an, an asylum, a leper asylum, and he was appalled to see what was like there, the conditions and the people. He went on to found the, lep the mission to lepers in India, later to be known as the leprosy mission. Well, I wonder who might be the equivalent of lepers today in Australia even, who need compassion. Well, I know that uh, one of our CMS missionaries, Naomi, has, uh, by Christ putting compassion in her heart, over in Tanzania at his Ababa, ministered with others to the children who live on and off the city dumps. That's a modern-day example of someone who's been inspired by Jesus' compassion. Now, there was a different occasion in the Gospels when Jesus had compassion, these bowels, these feelings towards somebody else, and this time it was a widow. She'd lost her husband, but also now bereft of her only son, and in those days it didn't have a Centrelink pension. So here she was, without a means of support. Jesus encountered her as the funeral procession was going out of town and he was coming into town. He saw the woman weeping. And we read this. His heart overflowed with compassion. He spoke to two people that day. He spoke to the woman, don't weep. And he spoke to the dead man, get up, and he did. Now on quite a different occasion, we read Jesus having compassion when he got out of a boat and he encountered a great crowd of people. What was it in the crowd of people that moved Jesus' compassion then? We read that he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. If you lived in an agricultural land like Palestine, you would know that would speak to you. You'd know what it meant. It reminds me of Psalm 23. David spoke as a shepherd who now shepherded Israel as a king. How the Lord did things for him. And he could see that was like a shepherd for his sheep. What might 
Jesus mean? That he saw them as like sheep without a shepherd. They were shepherdless. And basically it means that they had no one to lead them and feed them in God. And he knew they needed spiritual food. A shepherd. Interesting, after Jesus rose from the dead, he had a conversation, didn't he, with Peter. And he said, Peter, I want you to feed my lambs. Tend my sheep, feed my sheep. So he was going to be a shepherd. The word pastor means that. But Peter also wrote a letter many years later and in it he exhorted the elders or the leaders of the church and he said, tend the flock of God, that is your charge. So there's a need for feeding the flock, shepherding the flock and God still provides leadership to his church. We have good oversight and leadership here and thankful for Mark coming among us to assist in this time of need as well as our other leaders, Steve and others. There was another occasion that Jesus had compassion. When he went ashore he saw a great crowd and this time it says he had compassion on them and healed their sick. There was yet another occasion he encountered a great crowd or there was a great crowd. It says he had compassion on them because they had been without food for three days. They they were hungry, he didn't want to send them away. There wasn't a Coles or a Big W near at hand. So what did he do? He fed them from seven loaves of bread and a few small fish. That's a miracle of God. Now that has no doubt motivated some Christians to have concern for the hungry today. Locally, there is the Christian community care. It was set up some years ago through the churches. We have an office in Victor and an office in Gore. Each week, there's a trickle of people that come through three times a week looking for help. Invariably, and there is more help than this, but invariably, they need food. And this is in Victor Harbour. The church is including Trinity Victor. Thank you for your support. Uh, Provide the food along with community organisations. Once Jesus encountered a man with an unclean spirit, he had his dwelling in the cemetery. They couldn't even bind him with chains. Jesus delivered him. And then he said this to him, go home to your friends and tell them how great things the Lord has done for you and has had compassion on you. Two blind men once cried out as Jesus drew near them, Son of David, have mercy on us. And we read Jesus had compassion and touched their eyes. So what do these examples of Jesus having compassion tell us about his compassion, his bowels, his sympathy?
Well, we notice he felt compassion when he saw people who were in need or when he personally encountered people in need. We also notice that Jesus' compassion could be drawn out by a variety of needs. Those needs might be physical, emotional, mental or spiritual. We notice that he showed his compassion in some caring action that helped to meet the need or ease the suffering. And even when he was suffering sorely on that cross, he cared for his mother by entrusting her into the care of his disciple John. And we might add that we see Jesus showed no self-pity. He wasn't wrapped up in his in himself because of his own sufferings, but he always cared deeply for others. When he was on the way to the cross and some women of Jerusalem began weeping for him, he said, don't weep for me, but weep for yourselves. And as he was being crucified, he showed no self-pity, but rather prayed for those who were crucifying him. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Now in the letter to the Hebrews in the New Testament, we are told this about Jesus. We have not a high priest who is unable to sympathise with our weaknesses. Jesus is our high priest in heaven now and he can sympathise with our weaknesses or infirmities. Sympathy means to suffer with, to feel for. Now, it's not surprising that as followers of Jesus, we are encouraged to show compassion. Paul, writing to the Christians in the church at Colossae, uh, instructs them in this way. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassion, kindness, lowliness, meekness, and patience. It's interesting that compassion heads the list. Now, Paul walked the talk, so to speak. In his letter to the Philippians, he, he could say this to them, For God is my witness how I yearn for you all with the affection or the tender compassion of Christ Jesus. That's a shepherd, isn't it? And then Peter in his first letter bids the Christians in these terms, finally all of you live in harmony with one another, be sympathetic, love as brothers, be compassionate and humble. And Jesus told a parable which we call the parable of the Good Samaritan in which we hear this. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. Who did he see? A Jew. And a Jew wouldn't speak to a Samaritan. A Jew thought, well, he's not pure-blooded Jew, and his religion's fairly corrupt. The Jew was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and he was attacked and left half dead. He was going kilometres out of his way 
Why do that? To avoid meeting a Samaritan. And yet it was that man, a Samaritan, whom he wouldn't talk to, who had compassion on him and showed it in his caring actions. And the lawyer to whom Jesus spoke the parable heard Jesus conclude with these words, go and do likewise. In speaking to his followers, Jesus also says, God is kind to the ungrateful and selfish. Be compassionate as your father is compassionate or be merciful even as your father is merciful. Now how can we get this compassion, these bowels, these, this sympathy and feelings? By realising that the Lord feels this way for you and by realising that he could feel this way through you. It's from Jesus who f is compassionate to us and wants to be compassionate through us to others. Well, there was a Christian couple, they were getting very impatient with their kids. It troubled them. They prayed for more patience. And one day they talked to their pastor and told him about it and he said, well, you know, it's not really patience you need, it's more of Jesus. Ask Jesus to be patient with your kids through you. Well, brothers and sisters, Jesus can feel for others with your heart and my heart. His spirit indwells you and me who trust in him. And so his compassion can be expressed in our lives. The Christian life is not just the imitation of Jesus. It is the indwelling of Jesus. Let me share a little story I came across. There was a certain man, he was a basketball coach, his name was Byron Deal. He grew up with an alcoholic and abusive father. He had three sisters and two brothers, a pretty large family, but his dad spent the family income and he spent it on drink and he drank, he ranted, he raved, cursed, threatened and hit them. Then he left them. When Byron was 12, his father went away from the family and did absolutely nothing to support them. Six years later, he turned up again. It was an awkward meeting, only stayed half an hour. It was two weeks after Byron had graduated from high school. And this time, when he left again, uh, there was no contact for 16 years. And Byron said, my attitude to my dad was everything it should not have been for a Christian. He had robbed me of a happy childhood and I was bitter. If someone asked me about my dad, I'd shut him off pretty quick. And then out of the blue, Byron's auntie called him and said, your father's in hospital, he's very sick, he's close to death. It would mean something to him if he could see one of his children 
He has cirrhosis of the liver. None of the other children wanted to see him, and Byron lived the closest. Well, he walked into the intensive care unit, and there he saw a 71-year-old man connected to monitors, tubes inserted into his body, surrounded by medical equipment. Byron hadn't seen him for 16 years, but he recognised his dad, and then something strange happened. As Byron saw his dad lying there helplessly, dying, strung about with wires, tubes, monitors, all the years of bitterness and anger melted away. He walked over and stood by the bedside. His dad opened his eyes and saw Byron and began to cry. Byron said, I wept too. It was almost as though I could see going through his mind waves of regret for the wasted years. We were able to talk and I was able to begin to share the gospel with him. Well, Byron's father survived that stay in hospital, returned home briefly and during that time, Byron had a second visit. He took his wife and daughters with him and he became more convinced that his dad trusted in Jesus. Later, the call came that his father had died, but Byron was no longer angry, angry or estranged or bitter. The compassion of Jesus had taken hold. And instead of seeing himself as a abused victim full of hatred and cold of heart, he saw something else. He saw his dad through the Lord's eyes as a man who so needed God's compassion, grace and mercy. In Paul's letter to the Ephesians, we hear these words to Christians who personally know the compassion, grace and mercy of God in Jesus. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamour and slander be put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. And now to close as God in Christ forgave you. What motivated God in Jesus Christ to do that? Surely his great love, his compassion for those who were as yet helpless, ungodly, Sinners and enemies lost. But God didn't stay aloof, did he? He didn't stay up in heaven, so to speak. He put his compassion into action, costly action to two people. His only begotten son, and himself the Father. 
The father and the son are so close and united that what the son did is not separate from the father. The father delivered his only son up. The loss was to both of them. No wonder then Paul, who at one time severely persecuted the Christians, later who trusted in Jesus, came to see this love of the Son of God and could write, the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Now every Christian believer can say the same. The compassion of God is for you at that cross. Do you know that compassion and love? And will that compassion and love that you know flow out in your life to those who need it when you see them or personally come into contact with them? Jesus was raised from the dead. He is our sympathetic high priest now. So we hear this. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So when you feel you need mercy and grace to help you in time of your need, confidently draw near to that throne of grace because you do have a sympathetic high priest who feels for you and can help you. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, you are full of tenderness and compassion, slow to anger, rich in mercy and always ready to forgive. Give us grace to renounce any bitterness or hatred and to cling to you. Fill our hearts and minds with yourself that your compassion and tenderness may be expressed in our lives so that others may see more of you in us and give glory to our Father in heaven. Amen.